0: welcome to just floss it with jasmine capra hey
1: guys i'm jasmine a
0: registered dental hygienist there's
1: my teeth
0: traveler fashionista Ooh, la la. when she's not helping people with their smile she's making them smile <laughs> enlightening honest
1: funny i'm a cheese head. Duh.
0: this is just floss it with jasmine capra and you're listening to her podcast
1: Thank you for joining me today on my podcast, Just Lost It. I am so pumped to have you guys today. I say that every single time, but I really, really am. Today, I have a special guest. She is a student that is currently going through the dental hygiene program, and many of you might know her as the French hygienist, but before I dive into that, I have a few days off, and I'm definitely taking advantage of that. A couple, I would say, several weeks ago, we planned this trip to San Diego, and I just want to let loose. Many of you know that I am going through an infertility treatment called intrauterine insemination, or IUI, and the hormones, let me tell you, the progesterone has got my body feeling highs and lows almost every single day. It feels like a pregnancy, maybe with or without being pregnant, and... I had no idea that (laughs) this meds would make me feel that way. It actually hurts my tummy between the hours of 10 to 2 for some odd reason, but I'm totally getting used to it. But I'm really excited for this weekend because we have some dinner reservations that we made at a couple big restaurants that some of you recommended. I also shared this week, if you haven't seen it already, a post about my father. It was sponsored by... Uh, Crest Oral-B, and they allowed me to share my story with my father about my father and how he was one of my biggest inspirations in Just Floss it. Well, without any further ado, I want to bring on Marie, but before I call her, this podcast is sponsored by OrthoBuddy, a 360 degree toothbrush that helps basically clean traditional and lingual braces properly it takes about 20 to 30 seconds to use with toothpaste and you want to use it in conjunction with a toothbrush so um it doesn't you know replace your toothbrush but it does help with interproximal care around your braces and it's almost like a very very soft christmas tree (laughs) The handle is made of birch wood. It lasts about three to four months. It helps orthodontists, dental professionals like us, turn those patients that have poor brushing habits into excellent brushers. And it also prevents spot decalcification, cavities, gum issues, and just you know, makes our jobs a whole lot easier. Ortho Buddy is super easy, safe, and effective. And I have personally tried it on my mother and a few of my orthodontic patients and given some away and they are raving about it. You guys should go check them out on their website, ortho-body.com or on their Instagram, ortho-buddy.com. It is a game changer. Go check it out. All right, let's call my girl Marie. I'll get her on the phone right now. I'm calling her. Bonjour, Jasmine. Hola, como estas? (laughs) Bien y (laughs) too. You still make Spanish sound French. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, thanks for joining me on my podcast today. Um, I introduced the crowd a little bit about you, but... Tell the people who you are.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I'm just a regular person.
1: No, you're not. (laughs) You are one awesome person that I feel so fortunate to have connected with through social media. So thank you, Instagram.
2: Well, thank you. It's definitely, I feel the same about you. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I were to give details I'm a dental hygiene student I just started technically I just started the second year because our summer semester for us counts as being seniors Mm -hmm. and you know so far so good hanging on so you're (laughs) in your second
1: you're in your second year and what program do you attend I attend Diablo Valley College, (DVC) in the Bay Area. In the Bay, Bay Area, (laughs) shout out to Diablo College. What an interesting college (laughs) name, but I love it. So um, let's just dive into it. How are you enjoying the program overall? Have you found it easy? Tell me how it has been right now in your current position as a student.
2: Um, It's been really interesting because As everybody else who's going through the program right now or just graduated, of course, uh, we've been through a pandemic and pandemic restrictions. So when I started school, I actually knew that there were going to be mostly online content, but we didn't know how long that was going to last. And so this summer, we've just had our first real in-person lecture. Oh, wow. Yeah, up till now everything that's lecture has been fully online. We had head and neck anatomy online and did labs or the equivalent from home. (laughs) We did little projects from home and so it's really nice to be able to be in the classroom. We're still not a hundred percent in person but It is very different being able to see your teacher, have the presentation be huge on a wall instead of looking at a little screen, little square for the teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, even then, we still have all our teachers have masks. So some of them, we've never seen them without a mask.
1: (laughs) Wow. That is very, very interesting. You know what I forgot to tell them? Your Instagram handle. If they don't know who you are, where do they go to follow you to know a little bit more about you?
2: It is the underscore French underscore hygienist.
1: Oh, I love it. The French. So, why is it the French hygienist?
2: Uh, it's very simple. I'm from France. I'm pretty much 100% French. I grew up there and I moved to the US when I was 10. And what I thought would make that handle interesting it's not that interesting to be french um there is no such thing as dental hygienists in france
1: what so yeah who would have known (laughs) i would have no idea that hygienists did not exist there so do dentists do the cleanings or who does the teeth cleanings over there
2: the dentist does everything
1: oh wow Wow. Yeah,
2: and it really shows how that model works really well in the United States, and that it's so important. And it's funny because there's French-speaking countries around France, like Belgium and um, Switzerland. They have French French-speaking hygienists, and they have French programs, uh, French-speaking programs to get trained. But in France, it hasn't been implemented. And so I talk to. Friends who go to the dental office and they say that their cleanings are once a year and if you're periodontally involved then you go more often and usually it's twice a year and I'm like that's crazy
1: (laughs) that is really crazy especially considering that I have patients that are on two month or even three month recalls
2: yeah exactly yeah it's very different and of course we know that dentists can't handle doing all the cleanings and all the restorative work so
1: I wouldn't expect anybody to take on that load entirely that's that's a heavy load of work
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so it it's definitely something that i'm happy to be doing and pursuing this career even in terms of my own family you know my parents weren't brought up with hygienists and their understanding of what a hygienist is is probably not a hundred percent and so now that they've been in the u.s for a long time they do go regularly etc but I'm glad that i can explain to my relatives in france and my friends in france just the importance of it all and how you know the norm in france is not the norm other places
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense so you said you came here when you were 10 years old and then Mm -hmm. i'm assuming you went to high school here correct
2: yeah and so here for me was new york my family moved to new york when i was 10. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my life is very complicated. <laughs> I moved a lot. So we moved to New York when I was 10. We stayed there for a couple years. And then we moved back to France and then moved back to the US. Um, and I finished high school in the US and I was going to a French American school. And then when it came time for college, because I'm older, I'm the oldest person in my class. I'm oh friend. my
1: gosh, what is older? <laughs> what is older even?
2: I am turning 34, it's not old, but I am the oldest one in my class, so when I say, you know, when time came to go to college, that was back in 2005, um, I actually went to Canada because there's agreements with France, so if you go to the French-speaking part of Canada, college is cheaper, so I did get a bachelor's in Canada.
1: Oh, wow, I did not know that. (laughs) I mean, I knew that you got a bachelor's, but I didn't know that it was cheaper to go to school there, but that makes complete sense.
2: Yeah, and it's cheaper even for Americans to go there. The tuition is a lot cheaper than in the U.S. Uh, for something that would be like Ivy League level, it would be a lot cheaper to go there. But back in 2005, and with um, paying like a local and not paying out-of-state tuition, I only paid 1500 per semester for my wow. like university.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is so affordable. Well, I think it's affordable, <laughs> I, I don't know about uh, other people, but, but I definitely think that's more affordable than most places. Yeah, for
2: sure.
1: So I know you mentioned age. I actually do get people that DM me about that and they talk about their insecurities and how they feel like maybe it's too late to go back to school. And I, I don't really necessarily agree with that at all because I think that no – If you wait till the end of your life to say, man, I wish I did that, then it's too late. But you have so much of your life left and why not? What would you say to people that are around your age or maybe even older? Because I do know there's also other people Mm -hmm. that are older than you that chose to go back to school. Like what would be your word of of advice to them? Wow, I can't talk.
2: (laughs) Well, if you could see me while you were talking, I was just nodding the whole time. Um, but I was thinking to myself, I was, I've done a lot of different jobs. You know, I'm one of those people, I change jobs like every two years. And I worked in different fields. And I was thinking that as I aged, now, I realized, okay, this is what I want from a long-term career. I want patient care. I realized I really liked healthcare. You know, no one in my family was in healthcare. So I didn't really have that around me to show me, you know, that could be an option. And so I thought, I don't want to work behind a desk. I love people. I want to work with people. I want to do something where I feel like I make a difference and I really like preventive care. And so, you know, there's, it's been a long process, but I was thinking, I don't really want to go back to school because I don't love school. And I wasn't that good of a student, but I thought, okay, well, if I don't take the four years to go back to school, where am I going to be in four years? That's going to be any different than what I'm doing now. And I'm not a hundred percent happy. And that just made sense to me that, okay, well, it's going to be four, maybe five years and it's worth it because I will be much further along than if I didn't go back to school and was wishing that I did. And it's actually a blessing to be a student later in life when you really want it and you know that's what you want, you do so much better. When I was in high school and even during my bachelors, I mean there were times where I was like, oh, I would rather hang out with my friends or not be working on homework and I don't want to retain this information. Whereas now I'm much more focused and I realize, oh, I'm actually kind of a good student.
1: (laughs) I think I completely agree with you because I felt the same way. I think that when I was younger, while I was completing my prerequisites and I was in the midst of choosing between uh, fashion and psychology, I feel like I, the reason I did that is because I was so lost. And mm-hmm. at that time, I don't think I took my prerequisites as ser- serious. And it wasn't until I got into the program that I became a different student. And it was because I wanted it so bad. So bad.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I really think that's the case. I mean, I wasn't a straight A student at all, not even close, um, my entire school career prior to doing my prereqs. And then I was telling myself, I need to put all the chances on my side and I need to really do well in my prerequisites. And so I really, really pushed myself. And I did get A's. And then it's been hard to turn that off. I was talking to someone about this recently that, you know, it's really good to be a good student because you want to get into school, but you don't need to necessarily get a 4.0 GPA to get into dental hygiene school. And it's actually kind of a disservice to strive for absolute excellence and thinking that you cannot do well if you don't get a 4.0. It's like you need to learn the things that will be useful for you when you become a clinician and you need to do well for yourself, but you shouldn't be too hung up on grades. I just wanna make that clear because I think that because the program is so competitive to get in, people think that they need the best GPA, but you don't. It's good to be a good student, but don't drive yourself crazy.
1: (laughs) No, I think first and foremost is make the most of your learning situation in the program. I remember when first semester when I first started, I failed my two first competencies as a new student it was my first semester I think it was exploring and probing I can be Mm -hmm. totally wrong but I for sure know it was exploring and I think probing was the next one which would kind of make sense and (laughs) I failed it and I remember going home thinking I'm not going to make it I'm done like this is the end of the world and lo and behold how did I expect to pass when that was my very first time ever learning this type of an instrument like exactly. I feel like you have to completely change your mindset from what you were taught all the way till up until the program which was get straight A's be a great student all the stuff and learn to accept failure in a different way and I bring this all the the, I bring this topic up all the time and mostly all my podcasts because I'm hoping that it'll click for some people that they will never ask you ever, ever in an interview when you start working, what grades did you get in dental hygiene? It's a matter of if you keep a good relationship with your patients, if you're confident in like educating your patients and getting them on a good recall system, um, about being open to learning new things and to having your doctor be almost like your best friend, but sidekick as well. And (laughs) I think once you change that mentality, it really just – It boosts your confidence up throughout the entire program and makes you look at everything a little bit differently.
2: Yeah for sure you really have to remember that you're there to learn. Yes. You're not expected to be perfect and teachers certainly do not judge or care if you don't get an A. Like they're looking at your attitude, your professionalism, your willingness to learn. Are you improving if you're not doing so well at the beginning you know it's all about the process more so than the grade
1: so have you guys started uh clinic like working on patients
2: yeah so my program we start with we work on each other the first semester okay and then the second semester which is the spring semester of the first year um the first few weeks we finish working on each other and then we work on our senior buddies and then we bring in real patients.
1: Oh, I okay. can So it goes
2: very quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does go very quick. Describe your very first time working on a patient. Were you nervous?
2: Um, My very, very first patient was my husband, so it wasn't too bad. But then when I had my first stranger, it was definitely different. But because I've worked with people before and I've worked not really in patient care, but sort of like one-on-one teaching people with posture and stuff like that. I feel like that really helped me to feel more comfortable. Uh, But yeah, it's stressful, but it's amazing. And you start working on a person and you really see yourself in the profession. (laughs) And so you're nervous, but you're also really empowered. And the person that's there doesn't know, you know, like, they're your first ever real patient and so you're talking and you know your stuff because you've been through pre-clinic and clinic classes and you know what to recommend you know what you're doing you've already been tested on your skills etc and so they really listen to you and you realize just how valuable your advice is and how important it is for you to be well educated on this stuff because they really see you as a professional and they respect what you have to say and it was just this amazing experience of I'm stressed out, I'm shaking, but also, wow, I'm exactly where I need to be. And I know it's not the case for everybody. Not everybody feels that way after the first patient. It can be very messy and like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But I got lucky and I just felt like, ah. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm trying to like think back to my very. F- so I know that my very first patient was just like you. It was Paul. And I was like, don't, if I'm hurting you, you act like I'm not hurting you, okay? Like, you pretend that it is an angel touching your mouth right now.
2: Yeah, I did the same thing. My husband, every time I was probing, you know, you're nervous, so you're a little bit more heavy-headed than when you're not nervous. And, you know, I was probing, and he was kind of, like, twitching a little bit every time. And I just whispered in his ear, and I was like, don't be such a baby. And it made him laugh. So it worked out. I <laughs> I made my patient less nervous. And also he didn't uh, act up when there was faculty around.
1: <laughs> he didn't act up. <laughs> <laughs> I think so to many of us me. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like so many of us can relate to that that that, that our students or our graduates <laughs> because I feel like we all brought our spouses in or significant others or children and it was like honestly at times Okay, so people may disagree, but I do think that sometimes having family members is worse than having a stranger because I agree. <laughs> they, like, hyper-react to everything that you do. It's like they become this big baby that they never were before, but now they are. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> For sure. It's like
2: they feel too comfortable around you to tell you how they feel.
1: Exactly. So people always ask me, like, what class was the hardest for you? Well, mine was, I think I've spoken about this before, oral biology. And they've heard my story like 10 billion times. But what so far, because I know you haven't completed it, but what has been your biggest struggle?
2: I think that it wasn't really a class in particular but the fact that we're online you have to do a lot of self-teaching which i know happens even when you're in person but for example my dental materials class we don't get lecture so we don't get a zoom meeting where the teacher is lecturing us we do get some powerpoints that have some voiceover but really we're learning directly from the book so what i find is challenging is to have the time to read everything to make sure that you get all of the information. But overall there hasn't been a class that has been more difficult than another. um, Because I like things like head and neck anatomy. So I think head and neck anatomy is definitely one of the harder ones. And so is morphology because there's so much vocabulary and details to learn, but I'm very visual and I really like that stuff. So it wasn't that hard for me. Um, And then pharmacology I also find very interesting I'm the weird person who remembers what all the medications do and how they work um, but I would say that dental materials has so much information that it's a little bit harder to teach myself and we're learning it during a four-week intensive um, semester
1: oh my so gosh just, the, just four yeah, weeks the time restra- mm-hmm.
2: and we have to you know read the book so you're reading an entire like I don't even know how many pages are in the book, like 300 page book in four weeks.
1: <laughs> wow. That is very intense. I mm-hmm. don't know how I would do in that scenario at all.
2: <laughs> the teachers have been very nice to help us out. And so our first exam has been open book. So, you know, sometimes the questions are a little bit more difficult and you really have to go through the book. It's like a win and lose situation where you feel less stress when you're taking your exam but also are you learning enough so that you're going to be okay for the boards oh you will for
1: sure know enough about the boards I'll tell you this (laughs) like the boards it's so well when I took it it was very black and white Um, okay and if you take the right courses to prepare you for it like for instance I did um, the dental hygiene clinic seminars or dental hygiene seminar and honestly I felt like I only used that book the whole two three months that we studied for in advance for it and I felt so prepared so prepared and the chapter on dental materials that it has in that book is perfect oh
2: that's (laughs) very reassuring (laughs)
1: very black and white so I'm if you can read between the lines you will you will know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, sounds good. I was actually going to ask you, what do you uh, recommend people in terms of when should they start studying for the boards?
1: So if I remember correctly, I think that we started studying, I think it was spring break. So it must have been March, um, sometime in March or February. So it was either February or March. I know that we studied for like two full months.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I definitely think I mean the test is scary as crap don't get me wrong like you got there and you're sweating but that seminar that that we had we went there for three days um they gave us a book and it's a breakdown of everything uh you highlight the heck out of it you memorize the book and honestly I felt so prepared for the board's Once I started going through the questions, I think I flew through the first hundred and I only Mm -hmm. flagged maybe five to ten questions and that concerned me because I didn't know that I had only flagged that many and I was like, oh my god, did I like, did I know too many for sure? Do I need to go back? And they tell you, do not do that. Like, you knew the answer, (laughs) so move forward and yeah, I passed, you know, I... I have never tried Andy RDH or Student RDH personally, but I have heard incredible things about those two as well.
2: So, did you do dental hygiene seminars? Yes. Got it. Yeah. I. And, and when you say "we," is it your study group or is it your class as a whole?
1: Oh, my class as a whole. Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't think we had an option. I think they said, <laughs> "Here is what." you guys need to do to study, you're all going to go to the sem- seminar, so sign up and go. There wasn't, like, if you can't afford it, it's okay, like, you could figure out a different way. No. It was, like, you need to b- pay for the class and go. Well,
2: I guess that was good advice because you felt so prepared. Yeah. I think in school, and they've never they- had,
1: like, a student fail the exams. Oh, okay. In our program <laughs> at all, so... Um, I think maybe one in like over 20 years they've had that failed Um, but it goes to show you that that seminar is well worth the money.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. My school lets people study on their own and choose what they want to do but I think that for us, they want to try and implement a board review class. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. That would probably be during our spring semester next year but It'll be interesting. I hope they do that because, I don't know, I'm the kind of person that the more information I have, the more I feel ready and prepared to face anything. Some people prefer not to really be told and just go for it,
1: Mm -hmm. but
2: I want want as much information as I can get.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. I feel like at times I felt really lost because I kept saying, like, am I depending on this book too much? Should I look into other resources to gain more knowledge in different ways um or should i just depend on this book and that was like i actually spoke to my i think my big sister at the time and she was just like the book was plenty so i went with what she told me and i said a little (laughs) prayer and thank god it ended up working out
2: it's, it's really good that they pair us up like that and that we have like a big sister or big brother or big buddy whatever whatever your school calls them um it seems like the people in my school say that you don't need to do a seminar and that the books are fine I've even heard from some people that just studying your notes was enough I think I'd feel a little um too nervous doing that but did you take any mock boards before the real thing?
1: We took a, um, a fake clinic mock board. So, like, oh, okay. for working on a patient, we did that, um, which I found to be way more intense than the actual <laughs> <laughs> board itself. So, um, yeah, I, I felt very prepared. I honestly felt like the clinic, the clinical boards, I think I took the credits, was so much smoother than I originally thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And I do believe that my school, we have to do two mock boards because the boards is uh, clinical mock boards because the board is uh, one quadrant. And I think we have to do two, like, board qualifying quadrants during school.
1: Yes, I think – it, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think we did the same thing too. I'm pretty sure we did. We did like, we worked on two patients. I think our backup patient and our actual board patient to see oh, what so it was got like. See,
2: huh, so you get to see the person you would end up working on.
1: Yeah, because at my program, I don't know if it's the same for yours, but we found our own patients. So the school didn't provide patients for us. We had to find all of our patients on our own.
2: We're the same. Okay. I know, yeah, I know some programs they do some rotations and, you know, they get to go to hospitals or even, uh, like, jails and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But we have to find every single patient um, that we work on. And same thing for the boards. I'm not super familiar yet with all the little details and legalities of it or whatever, but I've heard that technically we're not allowed to see our board patient before they're our board patient but that could be just for the mock board part at school I know that we can't be the person who does like their um pre-exam someone else has to do it and I think that might be just so it's for sure they qualify and are whatever calculus code they need to be and that we're not exaggerating it
1: oh no I think ours was different it was like we saw our patient, we made we took x-rays, we made sure that they had enough clickable calculus. Um, we basically turned in all that information to our, I think it's called, a, is it a proctor? I could be saying the wrong word, but um, that person behind like this curtain. And then they tell you like, yes, you can go or sorry, that patient isn't enough. Like you need to use your backup patient and so, um, I, if, if I recall correctly, I think that we worked <laughs> on one quadrant of the patient just to make sure we knew what it was like in their mouth. If the patient had a quadrant, at least, to work yeah. on prior to.
2: Yeah, that's also something that scares me. You bring someone and then the person behind the curtain is like, nope.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: Hence the need for a backup patient.
1: Yes, have a backup <laughs> patient. So I know that your husband is in healthcare as well, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, he's a yeah, He's a physician assistant and he works in urgent care. So we have lots of very fun conversations at home. <laughs> while we talk about our healthcare-related things.
1: <laughs> See, that's nice to have. Paul has no idea what in the world I'm talking about. I mean, I'm sure he does now because... We, he hears enough of my TikTok videos and reels and stuff but he had no idea before <laughs> what in the world I was talking about. So- but it's
2: fun um, it's fun to tell my husband what I'm learning and he's like, wait why are you doing an extra oral exam like why are you taking people's? blood pressure you're just a hygienist actually (gasps) those are let's rephrase this those are
1: very hurtful those are fighting words
2: (laughs) and so what i like about it is that you know he's teaching me some things for sure and it was helpful to be able to ask for clarifications for things like pharmacology and stuff um but i'm also teaching him a lot about the dental hygiene profession you know it's funny that he's in healthcare, and when you're a pa you don't do specifically a um certain area of medicine so you're taught to do every single specialty and then you can work in any of them and you can switch throughout your career so the the amount of things that he knows is pretty wide but dental is not really on his radar so it's cool to be able to teach him a lot of things that he has no idea about and he's been asking me hey, how does this dental block work? Because I have patients that come in with dental pain and I have to numb them until they can go see the dentist so that they feel okay. And I'm never able to get, he was talking about, I think, the IA. And he was like, I can never get that one. How does that work? And so it was nice to be able to show him. So he has the
1: scoop? Yeah. (laughs) He has the inside scoop from his wife. That's so sweet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think he continues to just do infiltration, uh, anesthesia, and not doing blocks, but it's fun to teach him something.
1: You <laughs> should definitely try the block and let us know how it goes.
2: <laughs> well, I'm hoping that he will let me do some of my anesthesia skill evaluations next year on him. <laughs> and I'll be like, here, hold this mirror. I will show you how this works. <laughs> yeah,
1: I will gladly show you how this works. <laughs>
2: That's how I get my frustrations out in our relationship. I just make him sit in my chair, poke his gums, and give him injections.
1: Yeah. So are you carrying a job during the program at all?
2: I am not. I'm very lucky that my husband's working, and I don't have to. Um, I would certainly have the time, because especially that we had a lot of things that were online. It cuts commute time, etc., Um, But in terms of my anxiety, I don't think it would have been such a good idea for me to juggle that many things. And I also don't drive and I bike everywhere. So, you know, having to go from school to a workplace, etc. So I did work throughout my prereqs, but not during the program.
1: See, that's really nice. I didn't work either, but I also... I saved up money prior to going in. I worked full time and just used my entire savings. But there is people that were in my class that did work part time, like a couple days here and there. So I do know that it's possible. Yep. I personally Uh, don't feel like I could have done it until maybe the second year. The first year was just a lot of adjusting and getting used to the workload, school load that I had. And I don't think that I would have been a good person for that. Um, (laughs) However, I understand everybody's in different circumstances and sometimes it's what you have to do for survival. So, yeah, exactly. I completely understand.
2: There are um, quite a few people in my class that work part time and so some of them have a set schedule and they work you know every day that we don't have class or they work all weekends but then there's also people who pick up shifts here and there like some of the um, students in my class are RDAs and so they continue going once in a while to the office they worked at and help out Um, but the majority of people don't work and I think that if you wanna work through dental hygiene school, you absolutely can. It's just a matter of what type of person you are, like you said, and having an understanding workplace because that first semester is a lot to adjust to. So you wanna make sure that you have the option of taking off work or that you don't need to give two weeks if it's too much for you, you know, that you can be like, okay, I just can't handle it. Let me stop working. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think with a good boss, everything's possible
1: yeah i i agree it's it's tough because now you have to not only learn how to balance the workload and school load but also find a job like you said that's understanding and i think that's kind of tough for normal places unless they work in healthcare, care know exactly what you're going through but hey it's out there and you can definitely find it um i know that what else what other things that helped me pay for school was like financial aid. Uh, there's grants out there and scholarships. A lot of the times your college actually has a uh, list of scholarships that are available to students on the campus. And so I think it's worthwhile for you to check out if you are looking for some extra money to get you by in school. Um, but everybody is like case by case. So... It's just so different for each person, you know?
2: Yeah, and uh, going off of what you're saying with financial aid and things like that, definitely visit your school's financial aid branch. There are so many things out there. You may not even know that you qualify for a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Just go see them. And then if anything requires an essay, do not let that deter you from applying. Yeah, because, because of
1: oftentimes, follow-up. like I, from what I've heard, not very many people even apply. So who knows? Exactly, You might get it. I,
2: And if you're in California, the CDHA, the California Dental Hygiene Association, has a bunch of little scholarships that they give out. And I actually applied and it was two short essays. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get anything and I did win a scholarship from them and I don't qualify necessarily for anything else so I even I was able to get some financial aid so just look at all the sources like really try ask your faculty because faculty knows about local associations they know about the ADHA they're usually part of it just get all the intel you can get for financial aid if you just ask you will get something
1: absolutely absolutely So I'm sure you guys are learning a lot about interdental um, products that are out on the market. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but there is this um, new, I wouldn't say new, okay, so orthodontic toothbrush on the market that is made for traditional braces and lingual braces as well. And they are called OrthoBuddy. Have you heard of them?
2: Yes, I have. I actually have some samples of their product at my house.
1: Oh, wow. Did you – have you tried it on yourself or on a patient or one of your friends, your husband?
2: So I haven't had a patient that has ortho yet, but I did try the toothbrush on myself. It has, like, these super soft bristles that clearly can get between tight spaces. And then I also donated one to one of my classmates who has a child with braces. So I'm waiting to hear back on that. Um, but it was very much appreciated for me to – To share
1: that product. (laughs) Yeah, I honestly tried it on my own teeth. Like you, I don't have braces, but I just was curious to see how gentle it was on the gums and on the teeth, and I found that it was, it's perfect. It obviously doesn't replace your toothbrush, but it takes about 20 to 30 seconds to use with a little bit of toothpaste, and you use it on both the upper and the lower arch below the wire and then you could either follow up with your regular toothbrush after or before. It doesn't necessarily matter the order sequence of events. Just use it. <laughs> but you can find them on orthobuddy.com or ortho uh, underscore buddy at in- on Instagram. Uh, that's their handle. And I think that I said their website wrong. So I meant ortho-buddy.com but I'm sure you'll find it they actually do lunch and learns where either a they will do it through online on a computer or they will show up in person and give you lunch which who doesn't want a free lunch and supply you with some ortho buddy brushes to try so I think that's pretty neat
2: yeah and um I actually just talked to them on Instagram and they are very nice. So don't hesitate to hit them up. They are. I was very pleased.
1: I know, same here. So you have one year left. What are you looking forward to? Like, what? What are you looking forward to the most on your senior year?
2: Apart from being done, <laughs> I'm uh, really looking forward to the fact that we're going to be working on patients that have that are more periodontally involved. We're going to work on special populations. And then we get to volunteer. Thankfully, because of the restrictions uh, being lifted in California, we are now once again allowed to go do volunteer work with our school. So I am super, super excited about that.
1: Oh, I miss doing that. I did a lot of that during the program, and I honestly found that filled my heart the most because those people just have – such a I don't know if it's like their expectations aren't super high or if they're just beyond <laughs> grateful for someone even helping them that it makes the experience that much more worth it
2: yeah yeah I'm very very excited about that we, we get to um, I think we get to go to two to three different places and yeah I can't wait I would love to just the whole patient experience of dental hygiene school just be volunteer work in areas where they're where we're really needed
1: yeah i wish that too do you have a favorite instrument yet uh
2: yeah i really like the nevi
1: i love the nevi (laughs) i love love the nevi
2: and i think i'm the um stereotype hygienist where i love the mandibular linguals in terms of scaling oh yes but you, you cannot but that be is...
1: a hygienist and not love <laughs> the mandibular lower anteriors <laughs> like those are gold
2: <laughs> they're just so satisfying and they're like easy to reach
1: mm-hmm. you can see
2: everything so good
1: <laughs> exactly so
2: what would you say was the most valuable lesson That you've learned from school? And I don't necessarily mean like something you can apply on patients, but even something that you can apply to your personal life?
1: That's a great question. I have two. So the first one that comes to mind is when you're in the program, I feel like in the very beginning, everybody is best friends. Um, You have each other's back. You want to be there. You're super helpful. For us in my program, I noticed that it got tough when patients got involved and we had to look for our own patients and we had to fulfill all these requirements and people turned. And you kind of saw an uglier side of some people. And I remember hyper focusing on it and saying man what did I do wrong like why is this person treating me this way or why is everybody like not everybody but why are some people just not getting along Um, stuff like that and it kind of brings you back to high school in a sense and if I could tell myself something from back then that I also carry on to a practice once I graduated it's that focus on yourself remember that people do odd crap when they're stressed and that it may not have anything to do with you whatsoever. Focus on you. Don't get involved in the drama. Um, Stay out of it no matter what. Um, Make the best experience out of dental hygiene. Make the best experience out of working at a location, any location that you work at, because it may not be the most fun dental office, but that's okay. Um. So I would say just trying your best to be a team player, no matter how much the world brings you down. Secondly, I would say the next advice I would have is never lose that spark. And once you do start to lose that fire that you had when you graduate, step away, take a break. Go on that vacation that you always wanted to do. Go get your massages. Go uh, just do a little TLC for yourself. Don't get burnt out because that's when dental hygiene won't be enjoyable anymore. And it's, it's not worth getting to that point.
2: Yeah, those are very, very good points. And I would say that that applies to dental hygiene school itself, too, that you can't just work, 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 work on school. You need to just, it's okay if you get a lower grade on an assignment because you took time for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. like uh, you don't need a super, you don't need to be a superstar all the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, you. it's hard to explain because you haven't started cleaning patients regularly eight times a day, but there gets to a point when you're a baby graduate and you're like, oh my God, why aren't I performing excellent cleanings every single time? You're like, this patient just came in with so much plaque or so much tartar, and that 45 minutes to an hour just wasn't enough. And you have to realize like sometimes it has nothing to do with you. That patient just needs to be on a better recall system Don't be afraid to say, "Come back for that second profi," or "Come back for that deep cleaning," or "You know what? I'm going to put you on a shorter recall system. I'm going to have you come back every four months until we get some better results." Um, And obviously, implementing a different hygiene regimen at home. But life, life wakes you up when you get out because you just realize you can't be the hero, and that's okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, you can't be the hero for everyone, but you could make a huge difference in some of those people's lives so you got to really concentrate your energy you have to try with everyone but you got to concentrate your energy on what's going to get the best the best results and it's okay for some people it's little increments if you get like a tiny little improvement and same thing for yourself i mean if you graduate and you're a perfect I know everything
1: hygienist. How boring is that? Oh, it's so <laughs> <You're like me. laughs> It's so boring and let me tell you people will probably eat you alive because they hate <laughs> like know-it-all hygienists and they hate like I, It's funny. I've heard this word this um <laughs> this word that hygienists are sometimes called and depending if they deserve it or not, but it's called princess hygienist and <laughs> <laughs> Do not be a princess hygienist.
2: (laughs) Yeah, don't do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't, don't. And,
2: you know, you could think that you know something like the back of your hand, and then you get that one patient who is completely atypical presentation, atypical reaction to something, like you've had a product that you've used on someone, and it has worked 100% of the time until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And
1: you need to be open to that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, and it's okay if you don't know something that the patient is asking you about to say, I don't know the answer to that right now, but let me get back to you once I do some further investigating or research on that product or whatever it is, because there's so many products on the market that you're probably not going to know straight off the bat of graduating. And that's okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. And actually, they do a good job at exposing you to as much or as many products as the school has access to. And there's reps that come and see you and you get lots of free samples for you to try it yourself. But you can't try everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you really, really can't. Well, it was so nice having you on this podcast today. I Thank you so much for joining me today on my Just Faucet podcast. If they didn't hear before, what is your handle so they could follow you?
2: Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, my handle on Instagram is the underscore French underscore hygienist.
1: And she is a second-year dental hygiene student now. I'm so dang proud of you that you've made it this far. She goes to Diablo College, which is located in the Bay. And I feel so fortunate to revisit dental hygiene through your eyes. And I'm so glad that it's going well for you. And I hope that the listeners on the other speaker or listening um know that you are there for them you are such a positive influence in so many people's lives that i can see and you also are in mine and i'm so grateful to be your friend and to have met you on ig
2: (laughs) right back at you i love our conversations
1: (laughs) seriously um well thanks for joining us and i look forward to stalking you on instagram (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> all right bye tuts bye well guys thanks for joining me today on my podcast just floss it if you aren't following me hit that follow button on either instagram tiktok or even my podcast just floss it. it's all the same just floss it and i also have a youtube as well Thank you for joining me. Like I said before, this podcast was sponsored by OrthoBuddy, a 360 degree orthodontic toothbrush made for traditional braces and lingual braces. I have found that my mother's hygiene has changed immensely since we started using it and I absolutely love it. You should give it a shot. They will send you samples if you'd like. Do a lunch and learn with you. Feel free to contact them on their website ortho-buddy.com or on their Instagram ortho underscore buddy. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in. I enjoyed talking to Marie and catching up on school. I know school can get so hard or maybe you're just entering the program and you have no idea what to expect. Hopefully this gave you a little bit of insight and makes your nerves feel better and they will. And I love you guys so much. Have a rad day. Love y'all. Bye. Enlightening,
0: honest, and funny. You've been listening to Just Floss It with Jasmine Capra. Keep up with Jasmine at justflossit.com and follow her on Instagram and TikTok at just Thanks for listening.
1: (laughs) Have a great week, y'all.
0: Be a warm place to lay when you're feeling cold, and I'll be all in when you wanna fold. When we're dancing life's dance, you'll be the partner. I hope you and me together growing old. Sadness and pain. When you're happy, you'll put a smile on my face. I won't be perfect, but I promise I'll try every day for you. And I will be, yeah. I Unaware, bunny-eared man in the photograph. I'd give the whole of my heart if it means you get half, darling. Please, we'll be my better half, and I will be, yeah. I that baby graduates and moves too far away, when our parents pass away and our own hairs turn to gray, when all that's left of me is this song.